Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys improve their practices. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Christopher Anderson. I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful in running their law firm businesses. I work directly with lawyers across the country to help them achieve success in their law firm business. I have been a managing partner, a practicing attorney at a law firm in Georgia, a product manager at LexisNexis, as well as a prosecutor in Georgia and in New York City. In this program, I have a chance to speak to you, as I do in presentations across the country, about operating and managing your law firm like a business. I have a chance to introduce you to a new guest every month to talk about making your law firm work for you. Today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is we can no longer leave marketing up to the marketers. And my guest today to talk about this is Mary Elizabeth Monzingo of Monzingo Legal. Hello, Mary Beth. Hello. So Mary Beth focuses on providing high-quality consulting services in legal marketing and management, business development, law firm recruiting. Her background spans three decades in virtually every aspect of law firm management, including practice development, marketing, personnel, recruiting, operations, policies, procedures, premier events and seminars, promotions, media relations, software systems, project management, coaching, and business development. Surely the whole enchilada. Put quite simply, Mary Beth specializes in helping lawyers start and build their law practices. She has consulted with hundreds of attorneys in structuring successful law firms, implementing marketing departments and strategies, and recruiting top talent for expansion and growth. Outside of that, her other interests are following her son's baseball, scuba diving, boating, and international travel. Originally from Houston, she now resides in uh, the Sarasota area and serves clients nationwide. Mary Beth can be reached on her Twitter handle, at Mary, and we'll be sharing her website and otherwise other ways to get in touch with Mary Beth during the show. But today we're going to be talking to Mary Beth about why we can no longer leave marketing up to the marketers. So Mary Beth... You don't think that lawyers could just hire marketers to take care of marketing their law firm businesses? Well, not 100% these days. I think in today's uh, transparent world of of marketing that uh, personal branding has become very important. Uh, But I think we have more to offer than we think in that area. And what do you think uh, lawyers have to offer? Well, I, you know, I think that their personal brand is everything and, you know, how we present ourselves personally and professionally and everything that we do is how we're establishing relationships with our clients and potential clients. Okay. Cause I mean, everybody knows the word brand, right? Like my favorite brand of cereal is grape nuts. My favorite brand of gasoline is BP, but what is a personal brand? Well, just like a well-branded product your personal brand is becoming as reliable as a well-branded product. Your personal brand is everything that you do, what makes you different, what's your discernible skill, what what are you remembered for, and 
are you remembered? And I've heard you mention that in developing your personal brand, in a sense, that you're always marketing. Do you believe that? I think we're always marketing, and I think that we need this this mindset. You know, marketing shouldn't be considered as uh, a task that you assign yourself, you know, a couple times a week. Certainly, there are marketing tasks that we need to do, but let's face it, we're always marketing, and you're making an impression everywhere you go. So So why not make it a good one? Yeah, but I think lawyers lawyers fear marketing to to a large extent. There's, There's some lawyers love it. But to a great extent, a lot of lawyers either don't believe in it or are afraid of it or both. And I think a big part of that is they don't want to come off to people they meet, to their clients, and to other people in the community like they're always self-promoting. What's the difference? You're exactly right. And self-promoting doesn't work. Um, And you certainly don't have to market yourself in that way. You know, your personal branding is not necessarily promoting yourself at all times. It is simply finding ways of be, to be of service. You know, the purpose of self-branding is just to, to remain memorable, dependable, and, you know, top of mind in your sphere of influence. All right. So if it's not self-promoting, though, I, mean, it's, I think that would make people feel more comfortable what you just said. But if it's not self-promoting, if you're not telling people about what you do and, and how you would like them to utilize your services, how will I get people to know what I do and how they can use my services. How How is marketing not self-promoting yet successful in driving business to my practice? Well, you know, I encourage attorneys not to jump ahead of themselves. You know, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And you've got to get that far. Hopefully you, you're in a, a sphere of influence and, and in areas where you're, you're around people who are buying legal services anyway. Um, what you do is important, but who you are is more important and what you're about and what you deliver and can you be relied upon. So, And then from there, it's fairly easy to promote your services because someone already likes, knows, and trusts you. All right, so let's, let's make this practical. I mean, that makes sense to me, but let's make it practical. You're telling me that marketing is a lot about building my personal brand, so where do I go do that? There, there's no you know personal brand corner where I can go tell people my brand. Where, how do I establish that? What do I do? Well, there's a lot of ways to do that, um, especially especially in in today's online and, and even offline. But let's talk about offline. Let's talk about networking. Um, lawyers, they hate to hear this word. I don't have time to network. I've got cases. Networking is everywhere you are and everything you do. Um, certainly, you want to be consistent relevant and do deliberate marketing, but you're always networking all day long. Um, And then you can get more specific and identifying some areas that you can show up, identify the areas you can show up and contribute either online or offline on a consistent basis. Can you give me a couple of examples of like what might be a less traditional or something that people might not recognize as networking? Well, your son's soccer game, where you go, um, Every weekend, you know, the, the, your boat club, everything that you do, um, everything, everywhere you are, you're not selling your legal services. Don't get me wrong. You are marketing who you are, and you are caring about other people. You know, ne- you know, the purpose of networking is to help another person. If you can just break it down, it's not so scary or, or so not fun. You want to get to know somebody by listening to them, asking them questions. 
Try to identify in your mind as you're listening to them what their problems are and find a way to solve their problems. Let's role play for a second, if you don't mind. I, I didn't warn you about this, but let's do it. So we're at my son's soccer game. I am just some guy hanging out there. You're a lawyer, and you're seeing this as a networking opportunity. How do you approach me that's not going to be what lawyers think it's going to be? You know, you, you want to do that by showing up consistently, being there to help, finding out more about that friend and their family and what they like to do and certainly what they do professionally. Um, finding out, you know, you may hear him say, I really wish I could find a better coach for my son, a better personal coach, a soccer coach. Oh, great. Well, I do know of a coach if you'd like to hear about him. You know, offer to help that person. And then don't just walk away. In the following week, send a note, call, send an email, do something that says, I'd like to introduce you to this world-famous soccer coach that I have. Uh, your son might be interested in. All right, so Follow it's just about listening to their needs, whether they're law-related or not, and helping. Yeah, whatever it is. And in your experience, how does that lead to the ultimate goal, which, of course, is to generate new business? It, it leads to it because you've become someone who is dependable and reliable. You follow through. You care. And you wanted to, and you help to that person. Let's face it. We all have problems in our life, and we need help. We need resources. We need connections. We need to be a connector. If you take your time to be a connector to, to all, everyone, all of your colleagues, it will be remembered. And uh, if you want to do it in an altruistic way, in a very sincere way, um, or don't do it at all, of course. Yeah. And what, what about formal networking opportunities? Okay, so, so I'm doing that. That's good. People are getting to know me as someone who will, is willing to help them. But okay, now there's an event going on. I need to go. It's the typical ballroom. Somebody's going to make a talk. I usually like to find some people I know and talk to them and then get out of there really quickly. What should I be doing? Well, you know, you certainly, you, you want to make deliberate networking um, efforts. Um, you want to, you know, establish a certain certain places that you want to go that, you know, that you will have potential clients and referral sources. And how do I identify those? That's, that's a great point because I think a lot of people say they do networking and really they go do net socializing. They go to places where their friends and people just like them are. So how do I identify, like, let's say I'm a family lawyer. Where should I be going? Right. Well, um, if you're a family lawyer, there, there are some basics for lawyers I always recommend. One is stay in touch with your alumni groups from your from your law schools. Stay in touch with all these people. These people already know you. They know who you are and what you are about. And uh, secondly, your professional associations. Um, anything to do with family law interest groups in your professional bar or other associations. If you want to focus on uh, women clientele, then certainly you need to be involved in the women's lawyer organizations. Another one, of course, is charitable associations. I always, I always say find your passion, you know, volunteer your time, serve on a board in a charitable association, trade industry associations, any community events, and, and again, anywhere in your daily life. But 
you want to go, my, my number one place for lawyers is trade industry groups because you definitely want to go where your clients are, not necessarily where you want to go or are more comfortable, but where they are. All right, and speaking of clients, for, let's for example, so sorry, please, yeah, go give an example. I'm sorry, yeah, for example, you're a real estate lawyer. You you want to join the real estate uh, association in your local community. You want to offer to write articles. You want to offer to offer your office for the meetings. Perfect. You have all the the real estate agents coming to your office once a month for a luncheon. This type of thing. Okay, well, that makes total sense. Another source that I've seen you and heard you talk about as far as networking or, or trying to find people that you can help is to actually revisit or visit your current and former clients. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Visiting your clients is something that is, is so overlooked. Um, you know, we're busy, we're busy with their matters, busy with their cases, and certainly we need to do that. But they, your clients want to know that you know who they are and what they're about. And call them up. Offer to come out and visit their offices. Offer to bring lunch out. Ask them if you could come learn more about the expansion and the projects or whatever is going on with them. Ask them how you can help. Frankly, ask them for feedback on your services and how you can serve them better. Clients love this. They love the opportunity to say something they wouldn't have otherwise said if you hadn't have asked them. Another one of my favorites is uh, when you're looking for this charitable board and, and your board says we need more influential people on our board, think of your clients. Invite them to serve on a board where it's appropriate. And, you know, listen. You know, do a lot of listening listening, and a lot less talking. You know, we want to get in there and, and tell them how we can handle their legal needs in all different kinds of ways. But really, what you're there for is to listen about everything that is going on with that client. And remember, the number one source of new business for lawyers is current clients. So it does. It takes four times more effort to obtain a new client than it does to you know, create a new matter or a referral from a satisfied client. And I think, as you said earlier... Yeah, when you close up that case and they're satisfied, ask them for a referral. Right, because you said the main criteria earlier were the people that know you, trust you, right? Mm-hmm, know you, and, trust you, and like you. And like you, and so you know, your clients can be a great source of that. Mary Beth, we're going to take a break here so we can hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back in just a minute. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just send us an email at advertising at legaltalknetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. All right, we're back here with Mary Beth Monzingo talking about marketing and why we can no longer leave marketing up to the marketers. Mary Beth, as we were going to break, we were talking about meeting clients and uh, using them as a great source for new business. Uh, I think you mentioned their number one source of new business, four times uh, as likely to get business or four times easier to get business from them. But what about other lawyers' referrals? Because a lot of lawyers spend a significant amount of their time meeting with, talking with, networking with, and trying to refer business to and from other lawyers. What's your experience with that? Well, I think it's it's a great way to gain new business, and I think it's overlooked a lot. 
um, if you can network with other lawyers who can refer you business and that you can refer business, please do so. Now, why would they refer you business? Yes, maybe they just know of you, but you really want them to feel comfortable with referring you business. So, you know, a lot of lawyers say, well, it's a waste of my time. I'm going to go speak to lawyers. These are not my clients. I'm going to spend time writing an article to the Bar Association Journal. How is this going to help me? Well, it's going to establish you in your unique area as a thought leader and as confident in your field. And, um, you know, when other lawyers are looking for someone in your area that does a certain type of law that they do not do and they want to help their current client, you want them to think of you because you've established yourself as someone who appreciates the referral and reciprocates and tries to refer to other lawyers as well. And you never know when you may be teaming up with that lawyer someday on a case, right? So let's not overlook our bar associations, our our voluntary bar, our professional bars, and, and anything we can do to network with other lawyers. And I've heard it said uh, that it's really important to also refer, to make, to make a point of referring cases to these other lawyers from whom you would like one day to receive a referral. Yes, and lawyers get stuck there sometimes. And I, because maybe they can't, maybe it just doesn't work reciprocally as, as you'd like. And what I say to them is, well, get to know that lawyer better, express your gratitude and ask them who they would like to meet, like what type of person and connect them, be a connector, connect them to a referral source or an mm-hmm. organization or a board or anything or someone or an industry, anything, connect them so that they can meet people who are potential clients for them. You don't have to necessarily stress out about how am I going to refer a case back to this lawyer who's been so good to me. Connect them in other ways. That makes sense. All right. So what we've talked about so far is networking events, looking for networking opportunities outside of formal events like soccer games. We've talked about talking to our clients. We've talked about talking to other attorneys. But there's become this whole new world of ability to market, of opportunities online, in the computer world, in cyberspace. Talk to us a little bit about what lawyers should know, what lawyers should be doing as regards marketing online. Yes, excellent. Yes, it is a whole new world, and it is exciting. Um, You know, it used to be, you know, it's who you know, right? Mm -hmm. And now I think we've shifted into it's not who you know, it's who knows you, you know, we're all bombarded with these wonderful online tools and and ways of promoting ourselves or interacting with the world. You know, you need to to get involved, um, not just in promoting yourself, but you know, it's it's relationship building. You want to follow others. You want to support their online and offline efforts while you're developing your own. You know, this has almost become a group effort. But you have to figure out ways to remain top of mind in today's market. And how do I do that? I mean, it seems, it seems like there's so much out there. How do I stand out? Well, well, the good news is everyone now has an opportunity to be a content creator, right? So just remember, if you're going to do that, content is key and consistency is key. In other words, uh, we don't want to do it haphazardly and we don't want to do it without a lot of thought, and and we want to do it consistently. Um, and, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to get out there and promote your awards and accomplishments. What you want to do is provide content that provides value 
and creates loyalty with your followers. Again, I've seen, top I've of seen mind. out there that some services sell that content, right? So I can do, I can make a, a contract with some outside organization to blog for me or to tweet for me, or is that, is that something I should be doing or should it be coming from me? You know, maybe it's controversial, but I'm not a fan of that. I think it can work in some practice areas because there's certainly just a certain amount of information that, that works that way. Um, I prefer original, relevant content. You know, finding out what your audience needs to know or should be thinking of. Think ahead and give them ideas or resources and give them some information so that when they do have a legal matter, they're going to think of you. They're going to think, you know, that guy, he knows his stuff because I've been reading online about, you know, all of his knowledge in this area. So I already feel like I know him. I think I like him, and I even trust him because he posts every Thursday at ten, and I can't wait to see it. You know. Yeah, and and what about that? I think you just you just said it's something that's really key. You know, he posts every Thursday at ten. I think some people might be afraid of this because it seems like a a commitment of a lot of time and a lot of effort to start getting good content out there. Yeah, and you know, back to traditional networking we were talking about earlier, and I and I say pick places online and offline that you can realistically show up for. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be able to show up for it, just don't do it at all. Uh, it doesn't have to be that difficult. You, you, you're, going to start, you're going to start with just a blog, with just writing helpful information, writing articles, not legalese, but articles to your audience of information that they may need or they may need to be aware of. And you're going to start that from your website, and you're simply, going to, you're simply going to share that out to your relevant social networks. Not that hard, maybe twice a week, mm-hmm. maybe once per week. It's just like traditional networking where I'm saying with personal branding, we're always marketing. Just flow this to your online presence. You're always marketing there as well. All right. And I've heard you talk about something called a call to action. What is that and how should I use that in my marketing? Right. So once you start blogging, you're putting your, your pieces out there, you, you want to you wanna start from your website or your blog, share out the link. A browser goes to read this article because you've done your blog in a, in a great way that attracts attention. They're going to go to your website. That's great. But how can we capture them? How can we convert those browsers to clients? Just be sure and include a call to action. And a call to action can be anything once, once they hit your site, they're reading the article. You want them to have opportunities to sign up for your e-newsletter. E-newsletters are still relevant. You want them to be on your mailing list. You want to give them a link to follow you on all your social media channels. Or you may say, download my latest white paper or download my ebook on you know, the top 10 things you need to know when, you, when you're in probate. Here's a free ebook for you. When they download that ebook, of course, you're going to capture their email and ask them to be on your mailing list. Now you have started your relationship with that person, cyber relationship. That makes sense. So, so you're just basically engaging them and engaging them, engaging them in different things that are simultaneously helpful to them, but keeping you as a uh, an informed, top of mind uh, person to them. Exactly, but don't let them just read your article and leave. Give them a lot of opportunities, even a chat pop-up or something, an opportunity to interact with your site and to interact with you and follow up with that person. 
would you recommend the follow-ups be electronic or in some of the other ways that you discussed earlier? I think electronic would be fine in the beginning. Uh, you know, thank you for reading or thank you for visiting our site or thank you for following. Um, it, you know, and always say, you know, what may I do for you? How can I serve you? We've talked about blogs and websites, which are certainly one way, but I've also been hearing a lot lately about social media, about Twitter, about LinkedIn, about Facebook, about other social media opportunities. How is that different than what we're talking about? Okay, yes. Let, yeah, let's break it down a little bit. So, yeah, social media is about relationship building. It's, it's what I like to call social dating. You know, everybody, well, everyone, not everyone communicates in the same way. So, you know, the question, if we could break it down, the question will always come up, where should I be and why? Mm-hmm. You know, you just remember that this is a, a trust building process and it's an ongoing conversation. And it, it is very important and it is part of your, your thought leadership. It's part of the whole marketing strategy. Because when you, when you establish yourself as a thought leader with your articles and information that you're sharing, maybe other articles, other information, you're putting it out in as many channels as possible because your audience expects you to be on the channels where they are comfortable, not the ones where you are comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you've got to be everywhere. Um, certainly there are some, some top channels that are more effective for law firms. But, uh, you know, you want to start with the big ones, the Facebook and Twitter, of course. And you're going to share out your information in these channels everywhere, and you're still going to have an email newsletter, maybe a print newsletter. You're going to do it in as many ways as possible so that you can reach as many people as possible where they are. Because, again, you're just building a relationship with them as if you were building any relationship. And are there any if someone tools? wants to go for coffee somewhere, but you want to go somewhere else, well, you two have got to agree on where you're going to go for coffee. So yeah. you need to be willing to go anywhere. Are there, are there tools that help me if I've got, let's say if I've done a newsletter, I've written in an article and I want to kind of push it out onto the social media as well. Are there tools that help me push it to more than one location so that I'm meeting my clients where they want to be, but I don't have to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat? Yes, there are wonderful tools out there. You know, there are programs such as Hootsuite and Add This, Share This, and links that you can build into your website and add-ons where you are posting one day and you don't even have to sit in front of your computer every day to do this. You could sit down on Monday and set up all your posts for the week and schedule them at certain times and tell them which of your feeds you want it to go to. Okay. And schedule. And you're walking away and everything is posting for you all week. And it's still very personal and relevant and original. Awesome. So if this is all really scary to me as a lawyer, I got one question for you. Do I have to? (laughs) Well, no, you don't have to. But your competitors are. And they're happy to take your following, take your clients. Where Where should I go first? I would say go to LinkedIn first. If you, especially if you're a business lawyer. If you're a civil lawyer, you need to be sure and include Facebook where uh, consumers are. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you're going to LinkedIn because it is a great business network and it also has incredible tools. Uh, just remember to start from your website, but to go out to Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. There are some lawyer-specific 
um, social networks such as JD Supra and other things that you might want to get involved in, but they do take a lot more effort. So if anybody wants to know more about those, certainly let me know. But you've got to just start with the basics, and you've got to be consistent. Yeah, and what do you mean by if you're going to bother showing up at all, show up regularly, that that kind of consistent? Yeah, just as if you're a member of a professional group down the street. You don't want to go one month and not the next, right? Yeah, that makes makes total sense. I mean, these are just great tips. And listening to this program, listening to you, quite honestly, a lawyer – I might start to feel a little overwhelmed with what this is going to take. Can you talk to me a little bit about what I should budget in money and what I should budget in time in order to do an effective job at this? Sure. Um, first of all, in money, um, the basics. You, you, you want to plan to spend 2 to 5% of your gross annual revenues. Mm-hmm. If you're a personal injury firm or a firm that advertises heavily, to your market, you're going to spend a lot more than that, even 20, 30%. But basically, most firms should spend 2 to 5%. And, and you want to spend it all. You, want, you don't want to raid the marketing budget because oh, you need okay, to buy yeah. new computers. <laughs> so you're saying commit the money and spend it on marketing? Yes. And it's usually the first budget to get raided when something else comes up. I mean, barring an emergency, and that can be defined loosely, um, don't raid the marketing budget. It needs to be treated like any other line item on your operational budget, just as important, because you certainly don't want to be left behind. And if you raid it year after year, you're going to be behind. It's a commitment. You must commit to spending your marketing budget. That also helps you stay on track with the initiatives you set out to accomplish You've budgeted the money, there are the initiatives, and you must do them. And I imagine that the whole point is that this marketing spend at that level, 2%, 3%, 5%, is intended specifically to increase your actual revenues by a huge number larger than that. Yes, hopefully by 10%. You know, Double whatever you're spending on your, your marketing or more. That's a minimum. There's so many things you can do if you commit the time and resources to it. So many, so many things today you can do in marketing to keep yourself out there. So let's talk about time quickly. Uh, we, we understand how much money we should be spending. How much time should I commit to marketing my business? Well, that's an interesting question. Remember how we started out the conversation is that you're always marketing. Once you put yourself in that mindset, whether you're – you're doing a fantastic job on your case or your matter or your deal. You've gone above and beyond your client's expectations. That's marketing, okay? You're always marketing. Once you get into that mindset, it doesn't seem so overwhelming or compartmentalized. I've got to spend this many hours of my month billable and this many marketing. You're always marketing. Now, having said that, I would draw your attention to your online and offline efforts every week, maybe maybe even four hours per week. Sounds like a lot, but mm-hmm. a lunch here, a networking event there, writing an article, setting up your Hootsuite. Uh, maybe you can outsource, of course, some of the tasks to marketing personnel, but dedicating your time and attention to marketing should be consistent every day. Um, or, or maybe you, maybe you want to spend one day of your week. Maybe Friday is your day to close the loop 
on a lot of things that you've promised people out there in your networking, your marketing. It really doesn't have to be that hard or that much, but it does have to be consistent. That, that seems clear. And getting it done from this conversation seems to be really important to be consistent, to be there, to show up, to be that source. But what about strategy? Just getting started and forming a marketing strategy. Are there people that lawyers like me could work with to better put together a marketing plan that will work? I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea to get some professional help to put a plan together. I think you have to separate public relations from marketing as well. So it is good to have a PR person that's constantly putting things out there in the media about your accomplishments. My, my number my number, my number one and number two things that I think every lawyer should do is to try to get board certified and try to get their AV rating with Martindale. But once you do that, you want a professional putting that out there for you. You don't necessarily want to put that out there yourself, right? It's a whole different thing that we're talking about here on thought leadership versus promotion. So you do want to hire professionals from time to time to do these kinds of things for you and maybe to lay out may, maybe to lay out your plan. And then you may want to outsource a lot of the technical end. You're writing the article, you're strategizing in your mind about what you want to communicate, and you're turning it over to your marketing consultant or technical consultant to put it out there in the channels that you've already predefined and how you like it done but you're not, you know, physically doing it yourself. Great. And, well, I, and gives, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that gives me a lot more comfort that I'm not doing it all myself. <laughs> Mary Beth, thank you so very, very much. This wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Our guest today has been Mary Elizabeth Monzingo of Monzingo Legal. You can learn more about her at www.monzingolegal.com. She's on LinkedIn as Munzingo Legal, as well as Facebook as Munzingo Legal. And finally, her Twitter handle is at Munzingo Mary. Mary Beth, did I miss any uh, contact preferences that you might want people to know? Not at all. I'd love to hear from anyone. And certainly, if you have any questions or would like any of these topics expounded upon, if you want to shoot me an email, let me know. I will, I will blog it out there for you. Fantastic. Put into action what we talked about. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mary Beth. And this is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you next month with our super special guest, Bob Berg, and we're going to talk all about selling. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. 
Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.